We called it the DIY Super Bowl because only one of the bands were actually from Philadelphia. They were all from different cities. Someone in like the group chat that we had was just like, let's all fight each other. And then they were like, it's like a Super Bowl. (laughs) I don't even know how the correlation happened, but we called it that because all the bands came from DIY. And that little insight right there comes directly from Jace, the head person over at 4333 Collective that put on this DIY Super Bowl show. Have you heard of it? It's pretty big now. And we want to figure out what exactly is DIY and what does that mean for the Philadelphia scene? And what does that mean for you if you're trying to start a band or make your own music or navigate the scene? You're listening to Playscast. Stay tuned for more. today guys and girls and everyone else in between again you're listening to plays cast a podcast put together by plays the app bringing together like-minded musicians freelancers and creatives within the philadelphia music scene this episode is about the diy super bowl and the different things we learned about what exactly do it yourself diy means and in terms of the main theme of what we came up with a lot of it had to do with freedom of expression freedom to do what you want the ability to take control and make things happen yourself. And we actually heard some interesting alternative views to DIY, actually from Jace himself that you'll hear in a little bit about why he's kind of graduated from that mindset. But even first before that, let's get a quick background on what this DIY Super Bowl is and how it started. I moved to Philadelphia during the pandemic, and my first show back that I had planned was Carly Cosgrove, Oolong. This is Jace again from 4333 Collective. And so that was like our first show back. It was going to be at Original 13, which is no longer a venue. It's like a 100 cap space. Um, I put up the tickets and it sold out in an hour. It sold above capacity because back then that was before I was able to use like a ticketing service. So like I had to manually cut it off whenever like we got too close. Yeah. Because that was when we were really roughing it. But um, we oversold and that week my hairdresser was like, oh, you do music stuff. You should uh, meet my friend Kevin Horn. And uh, Kevin Horn just so happens to be like the head booking. Now, at this point in the story, it sounds like Jace is in dire need of some help here since he oversold his first show for the Super Bowl. He is in every venue. And um, I get coffee with him because I like am blowing up his phone being like, I need some help. Like I'm in this situation. I oversold the venue. And he's like, how many tickets do you think you're gonna sell? And I have no idea. Uh, so I, I, I just threw a number. I said, I said at most maybe 400. And he was like, let's do it at Underground Arts. That day's open. So he let us do it at Underground Arts, and uh, we sold it out. It was 650 tickets, and, and um, that was like my introduction to booking shows in Philadelphia. Really quite an awesome grassroots type of story right there. So today, like always, I got Ian and Casey here in the studio with me. And what I want to know is, what does DIY mean? Let's talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with DIY, it's a very interesting thing because it seems like it, at first glance, it could be something that is very individual focused. I mean, it stands for do it yourself, but I kind of see that as a starting point for a something that's community focused where maybe one person, you know, a lot of the people who appear on this episode, they started with an idea 
and they had the perseverance to carry that through. And then they got to a point where they needed more people to make that a reality. And so, you know, they collaborated with those people. And at that point, it grew to something communal and it became, you know, a community focused thing. But it started with this seed of this DIY mentality. I look at DIY as like when you're starting out and you're trying to make some things happen. Because like the opposite of DIY would be you're big enough where you have people taking care of these things for you, a manager or, you know, a tour manager, any type of team around you. Whereas in the beginning, you're very much, hey, we're going to record some music. Uh, I'm going to try to get a show somewhere. And it's all you. Um, And I think that that is associated with, you know, some of the starting off points, whether it be playing basement shows or um, just kind of doing everything yourself for your band. Um, But you eventually get to a point if you achieve success and uh, through the community that you grow with, because without the community, you don't have the opportunities to play those shows. You don't have the opportunity to meet other musicians and other bands that you're going to gig with. So, yeah, you really have to to grow. Um, But everybody starts somewhere um, in the early stages and then you grow. Yeah, and you kind of have to start out that way if you don't have big connections or money or resources or people to do the stuff for you. It's like like no one's going to buy your record or go to your show unless you do it yourself. You sell the posters, you put up the flyers, whatever it is. You go on social media, and that's when people know about you and come to your shows or buy your stuff. Yeah, you have to do it yourself the first time or the first few times. Like with plays, we really worked hard to get our show you know, our first show, like Lock, Stock and Barrel, we had bands, we had to hustle and get a venue and then it was successful. And now people are coming to us and saying, hey, we like saw what you did and, you know, we would love to get on one of your shows. And like you have to do the first thing the first time yourself. And ha- if you have success, then people are going to flock to that. And um, it's up to you to determine who you want to work with and uh, how you give back uh, based on your success. What is DIY mean to me? The freedom of expression. Like you don't get this stuff anywhere else. Like other scenes, like New York. From what I hear, that they just stand there. Like everybody here is moving, grooving, loving each other. Like I've never once had like a bad experience with anybody at a Philly house show. And I've been to hardcore shows, everything. And that right there was Chris from Rock Diplo talking about his experience at these types of shows and why there's this freedom of expression and creativity that kind of allows you to let loose. What do we think of that, Ian Casey? It comes down to whether or not you're excited about the possibilities initially, too. Um, You know, we've talked about how DIY means that you don't have constraints. You can do what you want. You're not tied to a label or really anyone else. And for a lot of people, that freedom could be overwhelming. But, you know, for the artists who succeed, they're the ones who rise above that and get excited about that possibility and that space for creative freedom. And, you know, that's what happens with any creative project first, right? It has to start with an idea. And it's the same thing with plays. You know, we wouldn't have been able to throw shows or do anything we've done had we not initially had the spark of an idea about, you know, a tool that makes it easier for musicians to find compatible people to play with. 
Um, so I think it's important. We'll hear a lot of people on this episode talk about this, but I think it's important that um, you know artists feel that empowerment and don't sort of you know give up because of how many options there are, how many ways to go there are, um, because DIY is a powerful thing and it can lead to some really cool communal things beyond that. Hey there, this is Justin Nazario at SoundSplitter Studio, my home recording studio located in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. About 25 minutes outside the city of Philadelphia, we offer a comfortable and creative recording experience that almost any musician can afford. Whether you're looking to make a single, an EP, or a full record, we offer affordable recording, mixing, and mastering rates to bring your project to life. So shoot us an email or shoot us a message on Instagram, and we'd love to chat about making that record. Check us out at www.soundsplitterstudio.com or follow us on Instagram at soundsplitterstudio. prevent me from doing things that I want right in that way like it's like the core of DIY is like do it your fucking self like I'm not gonna like have to like follow some weird pattern of why I want to do something I just want to like do the thing and have fun and that right there was Dylan from the band Ugly playing at the DIY Super Bowl awesome idea of just simply being able to have fun and breaking down any barriers or patterns that are in the way and just doing it yourself. You know, without constraints, you can pursue any idea that you have. You know, even if it ends up being bad or you end up rejecting it, um, you still have that freedom to try things out and, you know, freedom to fail or decide what failure means to you, right? It's all, it's all up to you, and that, that's an exciting thing. Yeah, I think for me, it's just like you haven't quite reached the point where there's contractual obligation there is not you know expectation of selling this many tickets uh you know it's just at the lowest level and you know organic to the point where you know that anybody involved is you know available to communicate with you about an idea that you have um you know if it's not like governed by you know if it's not a venue that's like an operating business that you know could have their some license revoked for doing something like it's a place where kind of all bets are off and you just kind of have to go and do and some things work some things don't sometimes you know things get broken or you know sound doesn't work or whatever but it's just like ah like we're all here for the fun of it um you know people didn't pay a hundred dollars to be here so the stakes are pretty low just go and have a good time which sometimes makes the experience 10 times better yeah because it is kind of like this low entry level but people have so much fun with it that it makes it such an amazing experience yeah and that that mishap actually becomes a communal event in itself like i remember in the diy super bowl remember when snowing's power went out yeah like that you know that sucked in the moment but it's a funny memory and it's a story that you know, people can look back so it on. just went out when they were playing towards yeah. the end of their set yeah uh, yeah, all their sound went out. Or it, it was it, an outdoor it show. It kind of happened sporadically throughout. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, not great. But I mean, like, you know, and the the really cool thing about that was the fans just without missing a beat sang along, filled in the words. 
Yeah, like um, the music stopped and everybody was just still singing. Yeah. <laughs> so the the fandom and then and it the, came in like, and everybody was, was together. There. Oh my yeah. god! I missed so it. in a way, it actually kind of amplified that sense of love and community that the fans yeah. had. Like by the, the fact that this, you know, so like the sound going out. Who's to say that was actually a bad thing or even a mishap at all? Right. You know. Like, I don't. I don't like. I'm not like pissed off about it. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. Now this right here, I think, is where it gets really interesting. Is we talked to Jace a little bit more about what. DIY means to him. Now, he's the person who's put on this whole event and multiple, multiple other super successful events with his 4333 Collective. I, I think DIY nowadays, or I think for a long time, is kind of uh, an aesthetic. And um, I come from the world of DIY, and I am grateful for my time in it. But it also fosters a lot of um, things that are not sustainable. Like, uh, some people, especially for this fest, said that I was not DIY because I was charging X amount of money or, like, even though it's a benefit show or whatever. And I just personally don't believe in that anymore. You know, I, I get, like, I want to, I'm still going to host a basement show that's five bucks and, like, it like, doesn't matter how much money is made. That's, like, a great opportunity for local bands mm -hmm. to start up and, like, get a crowd. But... I want to make sure that the people that I work with are covered and that they get paid. And I yes. want to make sure that it's done in a safe way, in a space where it's safe. Yeah. This venue costs money. You know, this. Uh, we want to make sure that the sa it sounds good, mm -hmm. that it looks good, that I have to please a lot of people when you're hosting a show. And so, unfortunately, some of my DIY ethics that I had when I was younger don't always apply to that. And mm -hmm. so I'm unfortunately taking a step out of DIY. And um, I think that's why some people get upset when it's like, I call this the DIY Super Bowl, but it's not DIY. Yeah. Uh, it's not that I think that uh, doing it yourself is the, is the wrong thing, but you shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. Well, the first thing you said is he felt like the bands that he chose for this event came from a DIY background, first of all. So they're kind of bringing this energy to start with. But what he said was, to him, DIY is almost more of an aesthetic. And he's grateful for his time in it, but for him, it wasn't entirely a, a sustainable aspect to stay in this DIY mindset. Can you guys talk a little bit about why he said that? Yeah, I think for me, um, what I got out of it is that he, he's growing, right? He has this business and he's putting on events and, you know, he's achieved success. He's built a community and those are like all amazing things. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it's grown. I think he started throwing shows in college and I think 4333 was like his house number and that's kind of where that came from um but as you grow and you start holding larger events I mean the story he told was around you know overselling the first DIY Super Bowl and at that point it was like oh I sold 100 tickets what do I do you know I, I can't fit all these people in here and so he leveled up to this like legitimate venue underground arts that's you know well known in Philadelphia and so it was like, okay, typically you associate a DIY show with a basement or, you know, just some, you know, not really legit, um, but that's not a bad thing. But anyway, so he upgraded to this like very legitimate venue, charged, you know, a, a reasonable price for it because there was demand and people were willing to pay for it. So like with that, he's going to be able to pay out the bands better, pay out the people that work the event, um, you know, the bartenders will make more money. Um, so it's like people don't really think about the business side that's behind it. It's like, oh, well, 
I'm used to going on these DIY shows and like it's grown to this bigger thing. So like I don't know if I like that. But at the same time, like it's because it's successful and growing out of that is a very healthy, healthy thing. And uh it shouldn't be, you know, knocked. Yeah, it's like a it's like a weird paradox where as once you get to this certain level, you, people start to associate that with being less community focused and more impersonal, but it's really the opposite where it's like Ian was saying, because more people are involved, that's the reason it has to become that way, right? So it's it's just a weird thing, you know, where um, this idea of DIY is nebulous and kind of hard to pin down because on the one hand, like, it's associated in a lot of people's minds with this very back-to-basics, stripped-down, kind of unpolished aesthetic, right? But, who you know, if even if you start there you can grow that into something more and then before you know it, it's become something else, right? And it's, and it's hard to say when that shift really occurs. And people set their own parameters around what they think DIY is. I mean, it's, there's no definition. You know, it's not like, oh, well, if you sell 101 tickets, you're no longer <laughs> right, DIY. Right, like there's like a hard line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all the people we asked in this episode, we asked them what DIY meant to them and they all gave different answers. Yeah, and for me, I was actually really impressed with what Jay said because it makes so much sense when you really understand it. You know, he's able to pay the workers fairly and well mm-hmm. for putting on this awesome music event. And, and like, maybe that's more DIY than the house show where they can't pay anybody. Right. You know, like... And you're at, like, at risk of, like, starting a fire. Right. The and power there's... Outlets. Exactly. And like he was saying, there's, there's safety here. You know, you have hundreds of people. Like, you don't want someone getting hurt, someone... Right fallen over and you know what i mean it's like right and it's we've like, turned this concept on its head yeah, yeah well that. i think you know people sort of hold on to this idea of you know a very stripped down diy intimate show because of that ex- special experience that it brings but who's to say you can't create that with more people you know right. like who, who's to say it has to be limited to to that you know yeah you said intimacy i think that's a very good way of putting it it's like you think about these like small intimate events and that that creates that bond with others and like with others like i could talk to all of these people in you know 20 minutes if i wanted to because there's so few of them where at you know diy super bowl there's hundreds of people there you know i'm in a mosh pit running into people and there's just people everywhere but you know still really really awesome yeah, I mean the DIY Super Bowl. I mean we were outside, people were moshing still. Like it was, it was something else. There was a real community, even though you know it was a huge, you know, big crowd. Right, wasn't a small house show, but it, but it felt like one. Right. And that kind of tied into his last point when he said, um, "Don't be afraid to ask for help," because that's kind of what he's done to build up forty three thirty three is having others help out, get the venues, work these shows. And for the bands, it's the same lesson applies. You know, it's, you know, you're in this DIY mindset, but asking others to help out can really help you out in your situation. You know, whether it's a producer using plays, yeah, uh, (laughs) whatever it is, it's like, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I like that he said that. What does it take to be a badass DIYer? I think it's just participation, really. Um, It's you. Even if you're not playing a show, going to support others in the community, um, even if like you're one of their only fans that come out, you know, that means so much. And by giving to the DIY community, you will then get 
you're you're sowing the seeds of uh, support and community, and you're building those relationships. And I like to think of relationships as a bank account. So like you have to make deposits into the bank account to be able to later withdraw from the bank account of friendship and support. Yeah, pay it forward and do the small things. Like when an artist bring, you know, says what their socials are, for example, hitting them with a, with a follow, it seems insignificant or a small thing, but it's really, it's, it's important, you know, because that demonstrates interest and engagement and it helps the artist out in a very direct way. That means so much to a musician. If you just follow them, shoot them a message or something about their, their music, their show, their set, whatever it is. I know when people do it to me or my band, it means the world, even if it's just one single person. Right. So. Yeah, showing that interest and uh, resharing a story, you know, tweeting, retweeting. Um, that's how you can build that up. Yeah, it'll, you know, it'll come back. It'll come back around in some way. And even if it doesn't, you still did a good thing. You still helped the community and you still helped keep the scene going because that's what it runs on at the end of the day. Awesome. I love that concept. And what if we thought about it from the perspective of contributing your art to the scene in a more direct way? I guess just from an individual standpoint, believe in yourself and trust your vision and don't be afraid to put things out there because that's how everyone started, no matter how big they've gotten. So if it feels good and you want to put it out there and you believe in it, then just just do it and see what happens. Well, I love this conversation around DIY, do it yourself, what that really means. A lot of us are go-getters in this scene, I think, and we're all really putting in work to try to make things happen, to get people to listen to our music and, and really come out to shows and stuff like that. So it's cool to hear the different perspectives, especially Jace's and his alternative views and how others can really help bring that vision to life. So thank you again for listening to the podcast. Guys, if you like this, please rate the podcast on wherever you listen, whether that be Apple or Google or Spotify, whatever it is. Hopefully you like it, give it a five-star review, share it. And don't forget that you can use the Plays app to directly search for people in your area um, who maybe have the same vision, who have the same DIY mentality, and you guys can work together and figure out your own path forward with some new music. Additionally, too, if you have any questions about this podcast or maybe you just have some ideas on, on stuff we could talk about, some important topics or questions that you really want to figure out, feel free to hit us up and we can uh, look into it and try to get it on here. And that's all for today, folks. I'm Brandon. Peace. Peace.